Welcome. I'm Amy Watson, a certified life after baby loss coach and mom to two babies in heaven. Join me as I show you how you can truly find yourself again. Together, let's knock up those rough, painful edges and learn to carry your grief so you can step forward into all this life has in store for you. This is the Smooth Stones Podcast. Today, I want to welcome Jalissa Ampierre. We're so grateful that you can be here and share a little bit with us about building community, especially as you're going through infertility. Um, and I just always start my podcast asking my guests to tell us a little bit about your baby's life, because so often we're telling the story of their death and those sad parts that are a part of our story, but I like to give a space just to talk about their death. So if you want to share your baby and um, anything that you remember, just any memory that a mom would love to share about her baby and then any lessons that she taught you. So my daughter's name is Yvette. Um, I found out that I was pregnant um, like January 28th of 2021. And so I had to do IVF. So, you know, you're waiting for that phone call to find out like if you're pregnant or not. And I was sitting in a meeting at work and I knew I was like, I am so anxious right now. I can't even think I can't concentrate on what these people are saying. So I leave and I'm walking down the steps and the nurse calls me and I run to the bathroom and she was like, she just sounded so excited. So I had like a good feeling and she told me that I was pregnant and I was just like, so ecstatic. I I don't think I've ever in my life have been so happy. And then, um, I'm like, okay, how am I going to tell my husband? Like, I want it to be like, so, so cute and like aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) So he tells me he wants to go to, um, an auto shop to buy a car and I'm like, oh my God, this is not how I thought this day would go. Like I thought I bought him like a basket and I made a little few things. And then I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to give it to him when we get home. We didn't get home till like 930 at night with a new car. And then I like rush in the house and I bring in like the little box and like the paper saying that I'm pregnant. Um, and so that's how I told him I was pregnant. I was going to tell him on his birthday, which is February 2nd, but I just couldn't keep it inside you know because we've been trying to get pregnant for like seven years um and then so while I was pregnant um I had like a complicated pregnancy but Yvette I didn't know her sex until like the day I found out that she passed away um but during my pregnancy this little girl loved lemonade And I needed to make sure that I would get lemonade every single day. And I was so scared that I was going to get gestational diabetes because of how much I was drinking it. Um, But like, I I like never had a craving so bad. So she really loved lemonade. Um, There was a time when we had an ultrasound. I can't remember how many weeks, maybe I was like 15 or so. And she was doing like somersaults, like in my belly, like over and over. And I would just call her like my dancing baby. Um, uh, My father is Dominican and we dance like bachata. So I would just say like, she's dancing bachata in my belly. Um, I would sing 
to her you are my sunshine every single day like multiple times a day um yeah I have a lot of good memories with her oh that's so sweet and I'm right there with you and like the citrus club I was like all the lemonade and the limeade with my babies yeah so is there any lessons that you feel like she taught you while I was pregnant or just any any time um I think she taught me to to be patient and to know that you are not in control of the future you're only in control of the now and your thoughts um because with my pregnancy you know I had like hemorrhaging and I was told very early that I was going to have a miscarriage so um it became really hard for me to not think about the future that's really all I thought about if I was going to make it <clears throat> but um two years Later, after I gave birth to her, I realized that I should have lived in the moment and I should have been there. Um, while I was pregnant, I should have been like present in that time instead of worrying so much about the future and what was going to happen. Um, so that's something that she really taught me. And at the time, you know, I didn't appreciate it, but now it's definitely taken it gives me like a different perspective on life to make sure that I'm like grounded and present in the moment. Yeah. On top of the 400 million things she's also shown me in life. Yeah. They're just amazing. And I think our children teach us lessons no matter how long they get to stay with us. So thank you for sharing about her cuteness. Yeah. So I, wanted to reach out to you and talk to you because you really are a great example of creating community and bringing people together. And I wanted to have you share a little bit about what you've done. I know you do some Lost Mom Connection events. Um, could you tell us a little bit about those and maybe other things you've done that I maybe have not seen and kind of how did you start that? What was the journey to creating that? Yeah, I just realized recently that my first Lost Mama Connection event was in January and it's been 10 months. I didn't even realize. Um, but so how it first came about was I was talking to another Lost Mom in the community um, and she was just asking polls on her Instagram, like what's missing with this community. And I thought like an event to have a, a lot of us together in a place where we could connect with someone who really understands us, I felt like was missing. And she said, well, then why don't you like do that and figure it out? And I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. Um, so I found this platform that is super, compatible with like sort of networking but I really like calling it like coffee chat um where you have the opportunity of like speed dating or like speed dating each mom if you want to say um like that you have like four minutes to speak to someone and you can either extend the time or like continue to talk to someone else so you really it really meant to me that you have 
all these moms in this community and you feel so alone, but you have this place here where you can meet these moms and you can find that support and you can find someone that understands you and won't judge you and won't, you know, ask you those intrusive, silly, disrespectful questions or try to give you advice when you're not asking for it. You know, things like that. Like these are all moms that understand the pain and how it feels. And I really wanted a place where we can all come together. And then um, that mainly as well came about because I didn't get any support when I lost my daughter. Um, I had those family members that told me that God didn't want me to have a baby or, you know, my daughter is in a better place, no things like that. And I didn't feel supported by anyone. And so that led me to starting this community on social media. It was like really helpful for me as well. Yeah. I'm sorry people said that to you. (laughs) Yeah. I know it's kind of, it's insane. Like when you think about it, because when it, when it's another family member, like a grandmother, aunt or cousin or something, no one ever tells you things like that. I mean, they might tell you like they're in a better place or something, but like those people aren't replaceable, but they think children are replaceable. So it kind of blew my mind that those were the responses that I was receiving. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that this started from a question because that's actually how I started my business, which somebody, you know, I had a life coach and she said, why not you? Like, and why don't you start now? And that kind of propelled me forward to say, yeah, why not me? And why not now? Like, why not create something? Um, You know, even when it doesn't feel like the easiest circumstances or, or you don't know where to start, you don't know how to do it. I'm sure when you dived into it, you didn't know how to do it, but (laughs) you created it anyway. So I had a question of, you know, anything good and that we, or any goals we set, there's going to be obstacles, whether it's, you know, growing our family or starting a community. Um, So what obstacles did you have to overcome to create these connection events and even like your social media community? Yeah. So um, a huge obstacle, which I think I still struggle with now is like perfection. Um, I also feel like I need to know every single detail of something before I can move forward with it, if that makes sense. So with my platform, I needed to know what every single function does and how I can use it. Because when I'm trying to promote to have another speaker at the event, I want them to think like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. And like, you know, and I want every mom to come in here and feel comfortable. And so like, I can show them how the website works. So it's, I like, cause I have anxiety. I suffer really bad from anxiety. I like to know what I'm getting myself into before I do something. And so me creating like YouTube videos on how to use the website or, um, like little questions you can ask, like during your sessions, like I just like to have like everything so perfect. And I think that that is my issue to this day. And like, according to my human design, it says like, 
you don't have to do everything perfect to get it done. And I'm like, I don't think this, I don't think they're talking to me because that is not how I am. Like I, everything has to be perfect. And especially when it comes to my daughter and honoring her, there's like a different side of it. It's like, well, if it's not perfect and I'm doing this for her, then I don't even want to do it because like she deserves everything and she deserves so much because she's not here. And I think that is what makes it hard for, for me to just like, let that go. Yeah. So how did you get past some of that anxiety or perfectionism to just put it out in the world um, and invite people in to participate? I've had a lot of people tell me, you know, everything that you do is not going to look perfect to you, but it will look perfect to someone else. And that sort of helped me. Um, It was also the feedback that I was getting, like people saying like how amazing the event was, um, the amount of information that was helpful for them, like just the testimonials were something that really helped me keep pushing forward and really separate my thoughts from what I was trying to do and how I was trying to advocate for the community because I get very into my head all the time I'm an overthinker and but I think like the support of the community really pushed me forward yeah so it sounds like it's that why you know when we can get out of our own way and our own stuff and issues and realize like you're doing this for you to create a community but also that greater purpose of like doing this for Yvette and doing this for other people to give Mm -hmm. them what you didn't have. Yeah. It did become like for, you know, I did my first event and it was just like a test run to see how it would work. And then I realized like this event is really for, is like to honor all of our babies is to honor Yvette. It's to um, provide that support for everyone else. It's like for everything that I didn't have. And I had my daughter, I felt like she guided me throughout the whole way. And it just like went so smoothly and it worked out so well with her and thought. And I don't know, I would just think like, I wonder if Yvette likes this, or I wonder like what she would think about this, even though like she would be a toddler, but still it was just like with her and thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love how creating this connection event for us, you know, that are still here really connected you with your daughter and you're able to feel her. So I think that's really beautiful. Um, And it's something I've experienced as well. Okay. What would you tell someone who wants to build a community, whether that's just your own like little support system um, within your, you know, immediate area or online or to do something like an event or a retreat or a charity, whatever it is. So what would you tell someone who wants to build community? I would say a few different things. Um, I would say first remember why you're doing it or just know exactly what you're doing it for. Um, And make sure that it's something that 
you really love and it's something that you can talk about for hours and it's not just like something you're checking off your to-do list. Um, And then also reach out to anyone in the community that you may look up to. Um, If it's something that they're doing and you would like to probably do something the same, like baby loss coach or something like that, um, I would say reach out to them and just see what kind of advice and what kind of support they can provide you because that helps you know that you're not alone and it provides you with that support to guide you through exactly what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You just reminded me of kind of, I've done a lot of like sewing projects and angel baby donations that we give to hospitals. And what I found was the more I talked about it, the more I shared, the more it touched people's hearts and they wanted to help and they wanted to be involved. And so if we can get over that part where, you know, we don't want to say anything or we don't know how to start or whatever, it's just like the first thing is just to talk to someone. It doesn't have to be in a big way, mm-hmm. um, but just opening up that connection. And for me, and I don't know, I'd love to hear your experience, but for me, it's like overwhelmingly positive and supportive when you move forward with trying to make connections like this. Yeah. And that was going to be exactly what I was going to say is that um, I think we forget how supportive this community is. Um, And I mean, I say so many times, like if it wasn't for this community, I don't think I would be doing any of this. Um, They really, it's like they're rooting for you and they're rooting you on. And it's like such a beautiful thing to see because on those days where you feel like you're going to fail or that you don't want to do it, there's always someone that says like, hey, I love what you're doing. Or you're getting random messages saying like, hey, that event that you had like really helped me with this. Or like, you know, it's just you see that support and it just it makes your heart so warm. And it I don't know. I love this community. And it, they just been like so, so, so supportive. It's really nice to see. Yeah. And you're a great example of maybe the people closest to you. And I had a similar experience of like, sometimes the people closest to you aren't the the people. They're not the ones that are going to be able to support you. So go and find them because they are there. Yeah. And someone told me this once that even though you, your support circle is extremely small, it could be extremely powerful. So even if you have like two or three people in your inner circle. Um, That's really all you need to be able to move forward. Um, But, you know, sometimes if you could have like a hundred people in your support system and then they're all saying the wrong things and they're they're not setting boundaries and, you know, they're they're just not the best people. Um, So yeah, that's important too setting boundaries with people and knowing who you want to reach out to and who is your person to go to. I love it. All so good. Um, So let's talk a little bit about going through infertility and you're going through IVF. And I guess 
do you want to share, I guess before I dive into my questions, do you want to share just like a, we all have these stories, but maybe a condensed version of just your experience um, in trying to grow your family and what that's been like and where you are now? Yes. So I'll try to make this as short as possible because, you know, IVF is like year, it feels like eternity. Um, so I guess I can start. My husband and I got married in 2017. Um, and I, I was, we were, we were also a couple that didn't use any contraception. Um, at the time we were together for six years, um, and we still didn't get pregnant. So it was a thought like, Hmm, I wonder if something's wrong with us, but we were so young, like we didn't even care. Um, so then we got married a year later. I went to IVF clinic. I got checked all the works. Everything came back perfect. Um, and then we were diagnosed as um, unexplained infertility. <laughs> then we moved to Florida 2020. I went to a new IVF clinic because we still didn't get pregnant. And they wanted my husband to get a semen analysis um, and they checked his antibodies and his sperm, which came back as a hundred or like 99%, meaning that he has antibodies in his sperm. So that caused us not to be able to get pregnant for that whole entire time that we were trying. Um, so we did IVF January, 2021. I got pregnant with Yvette, very first pregnancy ever. And then she passed away May 18th, 2021. Um, and then it took me two years. I want to say like exactly two years to, f I can't even say feel like I was ready, but I, I, it was really like time was ticking in my eyes. And so I did my first frozen embryo transfer in May around the time that Yvette's um, second anniversary of her death, um, was, and uh, we found out that it was unsuccessful and now we are getting ready for our mm -hmm. second frozen embryo transfer for November. And I don't know why I'm laughing, but I just, uh, I think it's just crazy how we are here in this moment, um, doing IVF and dealing with infertility and grief and loss and all this stuff. Um, but I don't know, this time feels a little different, I think, because I worked a lot on my mental health. That was really like everything I worked on in the last year. I lost so many relationships. I worked so hard on my energy, on my anxiety, on my depression. I worked so hard on myself. I could give you a list of all of the techniques I've tried and people I've seen things I've done um just so I can get to where I am today and I think um obviously it's helped because I I'm not the same person I was two years ago and with doing IVF it really it really breaks you down I want to say to me it does and um that's when my mental health became really important to me and so I'm remaining positive and optimistic and hopeful um, that it's going to work. Um, and I better find out on my birthday, November 24th, that I'm pregnant is all I want to say. <laughs> Just that. That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's my, my birthday present. Oh, well, 
like I said, we are rooting for you and everyone listening, just like send her some good baby vibes. But you have been so open on social media and you guys have to follow her at Rainbow Manifestations. How has being very open online helped you through this process? So I look at social media, mainly Instagram as my journal. Um, People love to journal like in a notebook. I love to journal on social media because it's quicker, it's easier. It gives me that creative space. And I also want other people to receive this information. So being on social media really helps me create that information and resource for someone else if that makes sense so posting about like how what I've been going through with birth control because I don't want someone else to be on birth control and have suicidal ideations and think it's them and not think it's a side effect of birth control or going through another frozen embryo transfer what the protocol may be because Someone else is doing the same thing as you. Someone has a thicker uterine lining. Someone has a thinner uterine line. You know, just it's just like so much information. And if I can provide like some source of relief or support or knowing that someone is not alone, then that's, I'll use my platform for that. Yeah. Well, I think you're really achieving your goal because you do have a beautiful community there. And, you know, I feel like since I've been following you that I'm on the journey with you um, and I haven't had to go through the same things you have. Um, But I think it's just so powerful when we share our stories and we share our truth and we share like tips and tricks for the hard things in our life, because it is, it's almost like you have to become an encyclopedia of all these things that, you know, we all grew up thinking that this process was so easy and natural. And sometimes it's more complicated than that. So I love um, that you're, you're doing that because I know it does take energy and effort, but yeah, yeah, I really admire you. And I know it's, it's not for everyone, you know, Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to be the one just watching um, and listening. Yeah. And I think also it was just a place where um, when I did IVF, I didn't know anyone who was doing IVF. I didn't even know it was that it was as common as it really is. Um, I felt like I went to IVF blindly. Um, I didn't have any information at all. And so I... That was also a reason why I wanted to create this space because it just provides you with that. Well, there's like another Hispanic woman doing IVF and in our culture, it's frowned upon. So if I can show that, hey, I'm breaking generational trauma, then hopefully that can help someone feel better about having to do IVF treatments. Yeah. Well, I would love to just talk to you forever. You're just, I love your energy and your soul. Like I just feel, I mean, we're over Zoom, but (laughs) even through Zoom, you can just feel it. And if you all follow her, you'll feel it too. Like 
such a sweet person that I'm just grateful, you know, I get to be in your circle here. But um, what message of hope would you give to someone? So I have two, maybe two questions in one. What message of hope would you give to someone who is going through infertility? I think like hope, I think hope is complex. I think of it as grief um, because you don't really know where it's going to lead you. Hope is hard, I think, because you want to remain hopeful. You want to remain optimistic, especially with everything that you've been through and going to another IVF cycle because it pushes you. But I feel like if it's also hard for you to remain hopeful, then I think that's also okay because you have to do what works best for you and you have to think for what's best for you as well. But sometimes I think like being hopeful is probably like the best. Like, would you rather be hopeful or would you rather be depressed? <laughs> and so I'll pick hopeful. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, Amy, that's such a hard question for me. And it's okay that it's hard. I think we all, you know, when it feels so out of our control, you know, what do you hope for? And when you've been through loss and loss again, and, you know, you've hold, hold on to hope for so long, it can be tricky. So I think there's a space for just maybe not being hopeful or not judging yourself if hope is hard or complicated. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, and you are like in it right now. So yeah, and that's why I'm like, like the question is like so hard for me to answer just because like, I think of it like, I need to be hopeful. If I'm not hopeful, then why am I even trying another round of IVF? I need to feel in my heart that it's going to work. And that's why I'm trying again. That's what hope is, right? And I have moments where I'm like, yes, it's going to work. I'm so hopeful. I'm so optimistic. There's no way it's not going to work. And then I have intrusive thoughts that I have to process that are like, what if it doesn't work? And that's where I feel like hope kind of goes out the window. Um, but like once you process your feelings, acknowledge it and all that, then that's when hope like comes back in and says, hey, I'm here. Actually, we're going to get through this. Yeah. Well, I think hope can feel scary. Like when you have hoped <clears throat> and then things go a different way than what you had hoped, right? It's almost feels like you're setting yourself up for more pain. Um, how do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah, because when you are doing IVF, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like I can't go into IVF thinking like it's not going to work. I don't have any hope in this. Like this all sucks. It's just not, not it for me. But I still allow myself those moments to feel hopeless. I still, allow, I'm still human, right? I still have those intrusive thoughts and negative thoughts and I can't pressure myself to just be hopeful. Like, that's it. So I think having both is just a good median of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And 
it's not easy. And I really appreciate you being honest, you know, and just saying like, it's really not easy and it can change from day to day, minute to minute. Um, right. And I really think like, do I need to journal about this? Cause I really think I need to process like how I feel about hope now. <laughs> like, you know, do I feel hopeful? Do I not feel hopeful? You know, it's just like things to, to really think about and making sure, I don't know. I just want to make sure that I'm just like in a good head space. And I think like hope really provides you. It's also, I mean, it doesn't bring any certainty, I don't think, but I think it, I think it kind of eases your thought process. Maybe. <laughs> Remind me what your second question was. Just some hope for people who are feeling alone or like they don't know where to find community. Yeah. So for anyone who feels alone, because I felt alone for a very long time is reach out to that person that you want to talk to, reach out to that support system. Um, and it could be a com totally complete stranger. It could be someone that you met in a support group, but I, there is always someone there willing to listen and willing to support you and provide you that space. Um, a lot of times, like I'll tell people in my comment section to DM me so I can see or I can feel like something's not okay. So just DM me and we can talk it out or I can provide you with resources or anything, but there is always someone willing to listen and you are not alone, especially in this community with thousands of women. Um, we are always just here for each other. Yeah. The club none of us wanted to be in, but yeah. it's got the best people. And once you're in it, we will fight anybody who hurts your feelings. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Jalissa, for everything. Yeah. And will you just tell everybody where they can find you, what you have coming up, um, all those fun things? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram um, at Rainbow Manifestations. My website is www.rainbowmanifestations.com. We have our Lost Mama Connection event coming up November 9th, where we'll be talking about trauma um, and tools on how to cope with trauma. And that is on my Instagram. Um, and you can register on my Instagram as well. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so, so much for everything. Thank you. Thank okay. you for having me. Are you tired of feeling like your baby's death was somehow your fault? Go to smoothstonescoaching.com and get my free mini course, How to Stop Blaming Yourself After Loss.